Well, this morning, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I want to speak to you. We're going to spend two weeks on this. Uh, I feel like the Lord gave me this word for you, for us. Uh, this is a powerful, powerful word for some of you. You know, if you're uh, reading your Bible in a year, you're probably going to have to skip forward a few chapters. You probably start a little bit in Genesis. And uh, if you just started that again. But I want you to skip forward Exodus chapter 3. And uh, we're, we're going to share uh, something out of a very familiar story, which I, I pray that the Lord would speak to our hearts today. Here's, here's what I want to share today. What I believe, as, uh, as the pastor here at Calvary, God wants to do something powerful through you this year. Amen. All right, we got one believer in the house. All right. All right, we got one. Hey, as long as I've got one, that's enough. If Jesus thought that 120 million people on the planet, the answer was seven fishermen and a tax collector, if he thought the answer was 12 highly unqualified people for 120 million people on the planet at the time, then I believe we could just do one. But if we don't have to just have one, and we can have a few more. God wants to do something powerful through you this year. Not, not only through you. Yeah, amen. All right, we got a few more believers. Our believers are waking up. Uh, and when I say through you, I, that includes us. Because there is, a, there is not only a, an individual calling that God has upon your life, which you'll, you'll hear about, but there is a corporate responsibility that, that there is a, there's a sense of, Man, God is doing something all around us, so together we need to do something great for the kingdom of God. And so I believe that God wants to do that, and I believe over the next couple of weeks that God is going to speak something very specific to us uh, through this, uh, just a couple of weeks, this series called Drawn Together. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, let's begin there. Uh, this is the story of Moses' calling. And then you can follow along in your Bible. You can follow along on the screen. Uh, also, you can launch the Bible app. You could find us as a live event there. and You could follow along in the Bible app. So, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, he called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. 
And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. This is an amazing passage. Many of you uh, 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 know it and you've, you've heard this before, uh, but there's, there's a little bit of, of, of story behind it. and We're going to spend some time uh, especially on that in, in just a moment. But you need to understand, Moses is on the backside of the desert with a flock that doesn't belong to him. He is simply going through the motions for years and years and years. And uh, I, I feel like today that God is interrupting our mundane lives with a moment of encounter with him. And I want you to understand uh, as a son or a daughter of God or one that uh, God is calling into his kingdom you can start looking for a holy interruption. I've come to announce to you that there is in your life coming a holy interruption, divine visitation, moments of breakthrough and revelation that really have little to do with your circumstance. And we're going to see this today. I can imagine that as he, was, as he got up that morning, he was just doing what he knew to do. He was just taking his father-in-law's flock to feed them. And the scripture says he was on the backside of the desert, which tells me something. He wasn't very good at what he was doing. Because if you take a flock to a desert, they're going to be looking really hard for something to eat. He's going through the motions. Can I just tell you that God loves to find people who are going through the motion, that he wants to reveal himself in. So if you found yourself uh, for the past uh, two or three years going through the motions, I've got good news for you. I believe your purpose is about to be revealed. Your very purpose is about to be revealed. And there is something in this story that I believe God wants to speak to all of us about what he wants to reveal in us and through us. First, 
is this. Our purpose is revealed by power. Our purpose as human beings, the very reason why we have been put on this planet, it is revealed by power. Verse 2 here says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. I I, I want you to understand something. That day, everything changed when Moses encountered God. Everything changed when Moses had a face-to-face encounter with God. And I, I just want you to understand that the answer out of the mundane and the rut and the going through the motion is a powerful encounter with the risen Jesus. Many times as a staff over the years that I've been here now, some 17 years of being here and us praying for people and believing for people and, and trying to uh, urge them on in their in their faith we we've we've boiled it down to this the only thing that works is a genuine encounter with Jesus it is the only thing that works and by the way God is still handing out encounters God God is still meeting with you. God still wants to meet with you. God still wants to transform you. And if you've if you found yourself in the trap of I can't or I'm not able or or I don't feel, you've been saying some of those things are flying out of your mouth. Good news, the God of the universe is coming and the only thing that he knows is I can. I can. And so Jesus is calling us to turn aside to him and draw near to receive his grace and forgiveness. You have to understand it says that the bush was burning and then Moses turned aside. He said, I will now turn aside. This is, this is the shift. This is where the shift happens for all humanity. The moment God gets our attention, if we will turn to him, We have to turn to him. If we really want to see America become great again, it will be because America turns to him. We have to turn to him. Now listen, we are in an hour of visitation where God is moving. He is saving. He is healing. He is transforming lives. But there must come a response where we turn aside to see, where we begin to do what James tells us that we should do by the Holy Spirit, draw near to God, and then he will draw near to us. Everything changed for Moses in this moment. As I was preparing this, I began to hear um, this theological statement that comes from the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism, and it asks this question, which many of us ask this question, what is the chief end of man? What is this? Why are we here? And it's answered this way, one of 107 questions answered in this shorter catechism. And it says this, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You are made for an encounter with God. You're made to know him. 
to have this moment of transformation. You were made to know him and to enjoy him forever. I want you to think about this for a second. Heaven is not when you begin to enjoy God. Heaven is when we continue to enjoy God and in an exponentially greater way. We can actually right now enjoy his presence, enjoy his power, enjoy his word, enjoy his involvement in our life. You are made to glorify God, that your life would be a reflection of him in the earth. The express image, as Genesis 1 says, the image of God that you are created in. To glorify him, to, to display his weight and splendor that happens from an encounter with an almighty God. You're made to know him. Not just to know about God. You're not here in church to collect information about God. It's to really know him. I know him. I hear him. I live with him. He wakes me up. He, he allows me to go to sleep. And sometimes in the middle of my sleep, he stirs up my dreams and speaks to me all the more. This is God. You're made to know him, not just about him. And you're made to enjoy him forever. Even your calling by God is a sign, by the way. In this story, the calling... It's like this. It says, Moses, Moses. Moses, Moses. Many of you uh, 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 know the story of Moses, uh, that uh, his, his, it was in a moment where all of the children, were, the Hebrew children were being killed, the, the young boys, and she makes an ark, and she sets him in an ark of bulrushes with pitch and tar on the bottom, floats it in the Nile over to where the Pharaoh's daughter was. Pharaoh's daughter finds him and names him Moses, which means this, drawn out one. One who is drawn out. One who had been rescued. You should have thanked you should have drowned, but you were one who was drawn out. How many of you would say, man, that's my story, that I was in the middle of a mess, and all of a sudden, I, I should have gone down, I should have been dead. I don't know if you were like me, but before Christ when everything became new at, at age 21 for me, I was possessed with a demonic spirit named stupid. <laughs> Some of your parents are like, oh, I'm writing that down. Maybe my kids are suffering. Spirit of stupid. Yeah, I had it. I promise you, I did some of the dumbest things that any human being could do. I, it was a spirit of stupid. And it would end up, I mean, the most dangerous situations. You know, it just stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. And it just seemed like time after time after time, God was there drawing me out. Even when I wasn't looking for him. He was saving me and sending me signs and, 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 and pulling me out of the most incredible situations, even when my heart was, was just kind of halfway. 
And that's, that's what the Lord did for Moses. He's, he's coming to him in a moment where his heart is just kind of halfway. It's just on the backside of a desert. And he says, God says, drawn out one. Drawn out one. And I want you to hear the Spirit of God calling you again. Hello, drawn out one. Drawn out one, you, the Lord that, 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 that had rescued you, the one that the Lord has gifted you, the one the Lord has, has appointed for something magnificent in your day. You, drawn out one. Some of you need ears to hear that the Spirit of God is calling you aside. And your purpose will be revealed in a powerful encounter with God. That's why we set aside seven days of prayer and fasting to say, God, you show us the way. Because when we fast the way that you, decide, that you say needs to be fasted, the Lord will provide continual direction. That's according to Isaiah 58. It says the Lord will guide continually. And God is drawing you out. And he's intervened in our lives. And maybe you find yourself here this moment, at, at, at this moment wondering, does God have a burning bush for me? He has a burning bush for you. And I believe that, that you've arrived at a burning bush moment. And it's not just coming that you've arrived at a moment of encounter. And a moment of the drawing of the Holy Spirit where we must answer the call of God specifically to us as individuals and turn aside and take off the shoes of yesterday and draw near to God. His purpose was revealed in power and our purpose is revealed in a powerful encounter with God. The second thing you need to know is, is our past cannot stop our purpose. Our past, it cannot stop our purpose. I love this. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. But how did he end up on the backside of a desert? How does Moses end up there? Well, Exodus 2 Beginning in verse 11 tells us, it says, And now it came to pass in those days, Moses was grown, and he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he, he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said, why are you striking your companion, your brother? He said, who made you prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Here he is, this broken man on the backside of the desert carrying around the burden for 40 years. The burden of his past. The burden of actually thinking he was doing something right in the moment. That it was the right thing to do. 
Anybody ever been convinced that it was the right thing to do and it was only like a day later you were like, yeah, that was a terrible idea. That was a terrible idea. Our lives are filled with those moments. But I got good news to you, for you today. There was something that happened at the burning bush that overwhelmed his past. There was something at that burning bush, and here's what I'm convinced of. There was grace in the fire. There was grace in the fire. God's undeserved favor was in the fire. And many times we, we, we perceive a, a wholehearted commitment to God as only being fire. But you need to know what the fire of God is made up of. It is made up of grace. It will consume your whole past. Absolutely. Stuff will burn up, but there will be a grace to lay it down. You need to understand that in an encounter with God, your past cannot stop you from your purpose. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 5.17 is. We need to hear it. We need to get this in our spirit. When you come to God and now you are saved, this is, this is terrific. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Moses' failure led him to the back of the desert but God sought him out and listen today God is in wholehearted pursuit of you he is looking for you on the back of your desert he is after you we sang it today no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me that's the heart of God you know, and, and, you know, once you have an encounter with him, I actually believe you can sing that song back to him. There's no shadow I wouldn't light up. No mountain I wouldn't climb up coming after you. Because that's what Psalm 24 says. It says there's who will ascend the hill of the Lord, those with clean hands and a pure heart. That means you and I can climb that hill and go after God. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Listen. What is God calling us to? If our past can't hold us, if we've really experienced all things becoming new, what is God calling us to? If our past can't keep us from our purpose, what is it? Well, it's found in this final thought. Our purpose is manifested with his people. You see, our calling is first to himself and then to his people. And I want you to understand this. And this is, this is the part where, where a lot of us make a break. We just, we're, we're, we're um, you know, we, we, we kind of just lean on our individualism, our, our exceptionalism. And so we just kind of try to go this thing alone. But you need to understand that your purpose in God, your, your individual calling actually comes with a corporate responsibility. The burning bush transformed Moses, but God had someone else on his mind. Our purpose is manifested 
out of this powerful encounter with God. And it's manifested with his people. Verse 7 in Exodus 3 says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Listen to this. God is saying, I have come down. I have come down. And many of you who have had a, a genuine encounter with God, you would say, yes, God came down. And he did. But there are some words just a few verses later. And he says, verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, I will send you. Wait, 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 God, I was really good when you said I have come. But then you said that whole scary statement of I will send you. Oh, I loved it when you said I have come. All right, awesome. Because I'm going to stay right here in the desert and watch you do it. That's what we think. Oh, well, no, no, no. Today, today's church culture, God comes, we have an encounter, he says, I have now come, I'm going to deliver my people. You're like, this is, what we, this is what we say. I'm open to that. I'm open to that. What's that mean? Yeah, you can do it, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to position my life. I'm not going to pursue you. But God says, he says, I've come, therefore I'm sending you. Your powerful encounter with God isn't just so you can write a book or tell a story. It is connected to a corporate responsibility. It is connected to the people of God. And it's fully manifested when you get connected to those people. Moses' personal calling led to God's heart for his people. And your personal calling in Christ will be fully revealed when you get deeply connected to God's people. You have to get deeply connected. You've got to come out of the desert. You've got to come out of your house. <laughs> got to come out of your house. Listen, I remember what it was like when I was a kid. You guys remember this? I was, you know, we, I was much smaller. You know, we were all kids. Back when we could ride our bikes anywhere. Anybody remember that? We let our kids go nowhere now. Nowhere. You're not going out. Scary people. Okay? But I remember it was just a few short years ago that when the doorbell rang, everybody got excited. Like, oh, somebody's here. Hey. You open the door like, hey, come on in. Now we, there's a knock or a doorbell. We're like, everybody get down. <laughs> Shh, go to your room. Go to your room. I got my gun. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> this is the way we live now. Things have changed in the last 30 years. They've absolutely transformed it. And here's what we do. We've, we've let that spill over into our Christian life. We're like, I'm going to be saved, but not, I'm not taking this outside my house. Nobody's taking this away from me. We kind of have that, that mentality when it comes to our faith. Nobody's taking this away from me. Nobody's taking, you know, and we're like, everyone's against me. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that 
your calling is fully realized when you open that door and you get out. And you step out of that moment. It's fully realized when you get connected. Now listen, that has a very practical way that it manifests here at Calvary. It's called life groups. And you're like, oh no. This sermon was going really, really well. I was so inspired until there was like actually something I was going to have to do. <laughs> now listen, there these, these life groups, they, they really exist so you can connect meaningfully to people. How many of you know that God wanted Moses to connect meaningfully with the people of Israel? He did. He's in Midian. I got my own flock. I got my own thing going on. But you need to go and connect with God's people. And God said, I'm giving you an encounter so you can do it. And I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to send you. That's why, you know, that we do life groups. So you can meaningfully connect so that your purpose and calling and everything that God has done in your life will fully manifest in the lives of other people. You've got gifts you need to give away. Maybe you've got some gifts you need to receive. You may be just beginning in this process, and you've got some things that you need to receive. There are some pillars that we have in life groups. You'll always be experiencing fellowship. That is, that is the encouragement that comes from other brothers and sisters. You're always going to be experiencing this, really, this, this fellowship of being really knitted together. You're always going to hear something from God's Word, even, even if you're part of you know, chasing uh, you know, ultimate Frisbee. You're, probably, you're even going to hear God's Word there in some way, Okay? In some way, they're, they're vast and different. The topics are many, but you're always going to have fellowship, God's word, and prayer. Always. Those pillars are there. And, and I, don't, I don't know about any of you, but our, our Christian life is founded on the rock of Christ Jesus. And there are several pillars, and the, these three are part of the major pillars that will support your walk with God. It's the Pillars of fellowship, God's word, and prayer, which will erupt in a life of worship. The topics that we have, uh, even this semester that's coming, they're, they're vast. There, there, there's one that's, that's awesome. How many of you have, don't, don't raise your hands, don't raise your hands. But how many of you have ever had trouble controlling and taming the tongue? Do, you, wives, it's not nice to elbow your husbands, okay? It's not nice. Okay. Um, uh, we have one called a 40-day word fast where you actually learn self-control over what you're saying. Uh, financial peace, which we've mentioned uh, uh, many times. How about this one? How about this one? I, I recently gave my life to Christ, or I've never been through a systematic like, uh, uh, teaching on what it is to live. What did God give me as, as tools to make me successful in my walk, walk with God. We got something called Foundations. Uh, this last year, I, I filmed a, a, a DVD curriculum all on Foundations so that we could have people to facilitate those classes and multiply that in the lives of many. If you've never been through a systematic course of Foundation where you learn to love God's Word and love the place of prayer and you learn to give and you learn your own giftings and your makeup and everything, you need to take Foundations. By the way, we our hope is, is that everybody at Calvary will go through foundations at some point because we believe that the, the way that you've been created and designed will unfold and we believe this, that it is first expressed in the local church. You learn that in foundations and if you've never been through it, you should do it. Now there are many, there, there are many uh, others 
There's all kinds of them. Uh, that, uh, how about there's a golf group. There's, a, there's our, our, our seniors groups that, you know, that are from our seniors breakfast. There's a, a, a men's breakfast that meets monthly. A ladies crafting, crafting groups. There's personal development groups that actually focus on hearing God and your identity in Christ and, and, and learning to tell your story. All of these. There's even a new one this year. For your children to, that, that just love to dance. You know, they're dancing all over the living room anyway. But what if you aimed that in worship? What if they learned to, to, to aim that dance in worship? We even have that, that life group is, is, is launching this, this semester. And I, I just, I, I want you to understand that the, the, the topics are many. But you can't just say, I'm comfortable here on the backside of the desert. Your encounter and God's liberation from your past must unfold in corporate responsibility. It must unfold in God, I have to do my part. I have to do my part. Well, why? Why connect with God's people? This is very simple. Here at Calvary, and I believe all around the world, God is making a people of worship. In the final verse in, in Exodus chapter 3, it says this, so he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall, notice this word, serve God on this mountain. That word serve is very interesting. It would have meant a lot to a Hebrew because it's the same word that they had been described as for years. A slave. And a slave, this is what it means. A slave that is meant to worship another's purpose. That you've been enslaved to Egypt's purpose but I'm going to bring you to a mountain of encounter where you are enslaved to my purpose. That's what God was saying when you will serve on this mountain. You will come here and worship. God wants to make us a people of genuine, just, just such genuine worth that we ascribe to God. That everything that we have, everything that we do, it says God you're worthy. You're worthy. Here's what I'm going to ask. That right after this service, that you would take some time and make your way uh, out the double doors and go to that tent and meet some of those leaders. It may be some of you are like, man, you'll meet somebody and you're like, man, I really, I'm going to connect there. There are different days, different times, different topics, all kinds of things. But I believe this is part of God's assignment that he first draws us out and then draws us together. I want you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask our altar team to come. <clears throat> I simply want you to, to ask this question. Bow your heads. Don't, don't look around. I want you to ask this question this morning. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message?